What is happening, everyone? Welcome again to the latest Matt Russell Project. It's The Window, Canada's sports betting podcast. 14 and 12 last night in college hoops puts us at 39 and 25 for the week. I measure each week in two segments, Monday through Thursday and Friday through Saturday. That sort of mirrors the schedule for each individual team in the NCAA. So we start a new segment tonight, and for those new to sports betting, 60% against the spread is outstanding, but unfortunately not necessarily sustainable, though we're going to do our best to try. On today's podcast, a handful of plays for tonight, a look back at last night with some observations on my numbers and the results relative to those. Then we look ahead to Saturday's slate, which is maybe the best one of the season so far. Very excited for what's to come on Saturday. Uh, Then we'll finish up with some movie talk, Oscars betting, and uncut gems. We got no time to waste, so let's go. All right, episode six of The Window. I'm your host, Matt Russell. We'll change up the order a little bit today and get right to the plays for tonight. I gave out three on Twitter last night for fear that the lines might move. So we're going to quickly get into that. First one up, uh, Illinois minus two and a half. That one has moved up to three and could, in fact, get a little higher than that. Uh, Next one is... Quinnipiac, I can't believe I actually got that right on the first try. Uh, Quinnipiac, minus five and a half at home to Iona. Iona, just an awful team, and Quinnipiac is a team that actually values uh, some of the more modern, advanced uh, metrics with regards to basketball, threes and layups. Uh, We're going to take them at home. We've been backing them throughout the season and hope to cash with them there. Uh, I made that number five and a half. The number is, in fact, right on the number at five and a half. So we'll go ahead and make that a play. And then finally, South Alabama on the road at Troy. South Alabama, I would say, is maybe the second or third best team in the Sun Belt where Troy is towards the bottom. Uh, I made that number seven and a half, uh, South Alabama. It's at four. So we're making that a play as well. So those three and were from last night. Uh, South Alabama didn't move. Uh, Quinnipiac didn't really move. Maybe a, a move on the price. Uh, and Illinois, like I said, moved uh, a half point from two and a half to three. Uh, one more play we're going to add that I didn't get into last night was Canisius. That's right, Canisius plus seven and a half. Uh, at Ryder. Canisius won against Ryder earlier uh, this month, um, relatively convincingly as well. So basically in this situation, in the uh, Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference, the MAC, we we don't think anybody should be favored by more than five or six under any circumstances, um, with maybe the exception of a team playing Fairfield or Niagara, but other than that, it's uh, it's a pretty bunched up conference. So in this case, we're going to take the points with Canisius. Elsewhere, it's a big night in the Ivy League. Uh, no plays across the board there. Uh, Yale is a five and a half point favorite over Harvard right now. No play there. Uh, Brown is a 
four and a half point favorite. I thought that was a little high, to be honest. I had that at two and a half. So Dartmouth could, in fact, be a play. Actually, you know what? Maybe we'll go ahead and add Dartmouth plus four and a half uh, to make it a nice, uneven five-play night. Uh, Princeton at Cornell. I had it Cornell minus one just based on the home court. Princeton was favored by one, so no play there. I hit the number right on the head at, with Penn minus four and a half at Columbia. Uh, Fairfield at Siena, I made the number seven, the number's eight and a half, but that's not enough to get me to back a really bad Fairfield team. Uh, St. Peter's, I had it at two and a half, the number's three and a half. Again, not enough for me to make a play there. Uh, Manhattan at home to Niagara, I had four and a half, it's six. Again, that number, not quite enough for me to make a play there. Uh, Davidson at VCU. VCU, I made uh, seven and a half point favorites. They are nine point favorites. It is tempting to take Davidson, uh, but I think we're going to leave that game alone tonight. I think five is enough. And finally, Buffalo, I made a little high. I made it close to seven and seven and a half at home to Central Michigan. We got burned by Central Michigan against Bowling Green earlier in this week, so we're just going to leave them alone and readjust our valuation on Central Michigan. And that's it for the slate tonight. So thought we'd just jump ahead and get those games out of the way. Next up, we're going to not look back in anger in our Don't Look Back in Anger segment at a 14 and 12 night last night, and then we'll get into Saturday's plays. We'll be back right after this. All right, now it's time for Don't Look Back in Anger. It's our daily segment where we look back at last night's action and I pretend like I'm not going to complain about bad beats or certain teams not showing up and then I complain about bad teams, bad beats and teams not showing up. Uh, not a ton to complain about last night. Actually, our worst beat was probably Liberty. We had Liberty minus nine and a half. They won by nine and that included a late game last few seconds dunk attempt that was missed that would have pushed the number over. Uh, we can't be certain whether there would have been time to get a bucket on the other end to have the number go back on the wrong side of 9.5, but that was the closest thing we had to a winner that was a loser. Uh, some disappointing teams. Tulsa just absolutely dumped it all over themselves in the f in uh, at home against UConn. Uh, Idaho, after that big road outright win when we had them as significant underdogs, uh, they actually, I believe, had the lead or were tied at half last night and then subsequently went on to just get absolutely destroyed in the second half and were not close to covering uh, their number at 8.5. And, and New Mexico State was up, uh, we had them at minus 24. They were up 26 midway through the second half and we thought they were stretching that lead out to an easy 30 to 40 point victory against woeful Chicago State but woeful Chicago State decided to go on their one good run maybe of the entire season this far thus far uh, get the number get the lead down to like 15 or 16 and that game of course landed two points shy with New Mexico State winning by 22 more importantly Something we need to look back at last night is our number valuation. And the key to sports betting isn't just to fire away on a bunch of bets uh, and 
you know, take your record and move on to the next day. Sometimes you have to look back and see why certain things won, where uh, opportunities were missed on bets that you didn't make, uh, and constantly tweaking your numbers and your valuations of each and every team. Uh, so what I did last night is, as you'll recall from the podcast yesterday, we talked about how a lot of my numbers overnight if they were a couple points off, the numbers moved towards where my number was, right? So if I had a team that was a five-point favorite and it opened as eight-point favorites, it would move to closer to my number at five, not all the way necessarily to my number at five, though the Wright State-Detroit game we talked about yesterday, Wright State opened at 13 and a half. I had Detroit as 12-point underdogs, and that number moved all the way to Wright State by 12, and of course Wright State won by exactly 12. Just kind of a fluky happenstance there, but my point is, is I was scared off by that line movement in that I wasn't getting the best of the number. Well, I went back and I looked at those games, and there was uh, 16 games last night where my line moved towards me where the line moved towards my line and of those 16 games 11 went on to cover my original line so I would have been 11 and 5 if I had just bet all of those if I had bet them after the fact there would have been the push in the Detroit game but it would have been 10 and 5 right so I would have added uh, plus 5 wins to my record for four and a half extra units if I had just bet those games as they moved closer to my number. Now, that sort of goes in contrast with the idea in sports betting where you want to have the best of the number each time, right? If a number is minus six, or let's say a number is plus seven, you want the plus seven, but you don't get there, and it's plus six, and then you you know, you're not supposed to bet that number at plus six, knowing that you could have had seven, uh, because these numbers are so tight. Over the course of time, that will cause you to lose enough bets that when we're trying to hit, you know, 55, 56, 57 percent, it doesn't take much for one or two of those games to go the wrong way on you and completely mess up your margins. The thing is, if my number for that game is like, two and a half and yeah the number goes from seven down to six sure i'm missing out on the best of the number but i'm also getting in my mind two to three to four points of value depending on how far that number moves so again this tells me that i need to be more aggressive in not necessarily worrying about the line not being the best of the number if it's headed in my direction if the number's just stagnant, that's, that could be a completely different thing. Except I went and I tracked last night's numbers again. And anything, so basically I started with anything that was three or more points off. So if I made the line, you know, team X minus two and a half and the line was six and a half, well, that should tell me that I should be betting on team Y, right? The underdog in that situation or vice versa. If I have the number at six and a half and the number closes at two and a half, I should be betting the favorite in that circumstance, right? So if I had just blindly done that, there was 22 instances 
where my number was three or more points off. And we talked a couple days ago about how sometimes I rather my number be off by two because at least I'm in the neighborhood and I know I'm getting value. Whereas if it's off by three, four, five, even six points, then I get concerned that I might not know these teams and the numbers behind them as well as I should. Well, in the 22 games last night where my number was off by three or more points, had I bet all of those advantages, I would have been 15 and 7 last night. So some of those overlap with the 11 and 5 that I'm talking about with regards to actual line movement. These are all numbers that may have moved, they may have not have moved, but 22 of them I was off on by, I would say, at least somewhat of a significant margin at 3 or more points. Uh, and those went 15 and 7. So going forward, why is this relevant? How can we put this into use? Well, we've got the mother of all schedules each week on Saturday. We have 100 and I believe 46 or 47 games on the slate. And we're going to make numbers for each and every one of them. So if just by following what happened last night, and again, last night is a small sample size and not something that you should just blindly bet necessarily, but it is hard to look at a night where you go 14 and 12 and that's okay it's a half you know three quarters of a unit uh, on the plus side and we'll take that nine times out of ten <clears throat> but if we're looking at doing this over the course of 147 games you know we'll have to see on Saturday how many uh, are reflective of three plus you know being off by three plus points or when the line moves you know, all of these qualifiers that we've made for the 15 and 7 record and the 11 and 5 record. So basically what we'll do when we come back is I'm just going to lay out exactly what my number is for each and every game for Saturday. If you want to grab a pen and a pencil, a pen and a piece of paper, uh, you can use a pencil if you want as well. Uh, and then we will you know, unfortunately, you're on your own as far as comparing the numbers that come out later today and then, of course, the line movements that happen for Saturday morning. Because once these games go get going at noon on Saturday, you know, there isn't enough time to for me to get on a podcast, get it downloaded, and get it out to everybody. So going forward on Fridays, they will be these will be big days for getting everybody in sync with regards to what my numbers are and what to expect uh, for the numbers on Saturday. So when I come back, we will just absolutely plow through the games on Saturday with my numbers and my leans uh, on each one of the games, uh, if I have one. Uh, and that's coming up after the break. Okay, 147 games officially on the schedule for Saturday. And like I mentioned in the last segment, please do not be betting all of these games. Uh, that's not the point of this exercise. The point of the exercise is for me and you to get on the same page with regards to measuring our valuations of teams. You might have a different valuation of a team and it might result in a different projected point spread. And like I said, sometimes it's scary when you're off by four or five points. 
But in the case of, and again, one game is not a good enough sample size, but in the case of Campbell and Winthrop yesterday, I had Winthrop as nine and a half, ten point favorites in that game. They opened at 15, and just based on what I'd seen from Winthrop's second half and their ability to absolutely destroy opponents uh, with, a, with their second half offense and pull away, that's what scared me off of that game. And I could have had Campbell plus 15, and guess what? Winthrop won by nine, right? So again, similar to the Detroit and Wright State game, somewhat of a fluky landing spot with the number being so close to my original projection. But that's kind of what we're doing here too, where these lines are so tight, sometimes it does come down to being off by one or two points uh, and creating some value by being off by that number. It's not necessarily a bad thing that we're off uh, when guessing these point spreads. So basically what I'm going to do here is to organize this as best I can. I'm going to go in uh, chronological time grouping order, and we're going to break them up uh, in little increments here. So we're going to start with the games that begin at noon uh, or 1 o'clock, right? So anything that has a start time before 2. Uh, we got a, two handfuls, basically, of games here. Starting at noon, we got Rhode Island at George Washington. My number makes Rhode Island a five and a half point favorite. I anticipate this might be a little light, which would mean from a numerical standpoint, we'll probably have to be on George Washington at home there. Um, but we'll see what that number, uh, where that number lands. Uh, SMU at Temple. I've got SMU as four and a half point road favorites. Uh, problem here is that the market hasn't seemed to be able to adjust to how bad Temple is, but they will every once in a while sprinkle in a big home win uh, and against an SMU team that can be undisciplined at, timed, at times and disorganized, that might be a play if the number is any higher than four and a half. Basically, as I interject, these numbers are going to be the high point with which I would bet or consider be betting on the favorite from a numerical standpoint. Now, a spot situation you know look ahead you know coming off of a big win you know these sorts of things might change my attitude and have me leaning underdog even at these numbers and i will mention that you know if and when uh, a situation arises to that but basically i go from okay what's the absolute high point that i would bet a favorite at and and go from there uh, so the next up is kansas at tcu uh, this feels like a game where TCU throws everything they've got at Kansas with a noon start time. Uh, I would lean TCU here. My number is Kansas minus five. Uh, basically, I think this is comparable to Kansas's game at Oklahoma State from a number standpoint where uh, they were about a six point favorite, I think, at Oklahoma State. Uh, TCU, I think, is a little bit better than Oklahoma State, despite Oklahoma State's win the other night uh, at Gallagher-Ibra Arena. Uh, next up, Milwaukee at IUPUI. I've got Milwaukee as slight two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road at IUPUI. Uh, next up, Miami, Florida State. I have Florida State as 12-point home favorites. Miami and Florida State went to overtime in Miami earlier on this season, uh, but I expect Florida State to be ready for Miami in this spot. LSU at Auburn. 
Auburn minus five and a half is what my projection is. LSU coming off that loss to Vanderbilt, and I think they're going to be ready for Auburn here. Uh, so if it's five and a half, I would probably lean LSU in that circumstance. Um, anything shorter than that, despite LSU coming off the loss, I think I would still take Auburn. And uh, so I think that's going to be key where the number goes off of uh, my projection. DePaul at Georgetown. Georgetown I've got as a four and a half point favorite. Uh, unsure of whether Mac McClung is back for Georgetown yet, but they have shown uh, just a general scrappiness without him. That is not a deep team, so you would think with you know one of their best players being out, that would have hurt them significantly. We had the big comeback win at St. John's on Sunday, and then we had, uh, well, we, we won with Seton Hall in George, at Georgetown a couple of nights ago, but that was a little bit closer than I think we expected it to be. Uh, so we'll see where the number is on Georgetown here. Uh, but if it's anything shorter than four and a half, I think we're definitely going to be on Georgetown there, especially as DePaul has sort of cratered throughout the season. Uh, BC and Virginia Tech. I've got Virginia Tech as nine point favorites here. Uh, again, if this was a little bit higher, I'd be looking at BC. Uh, they have, again, shown an ability to at least compete, uh, especially as the season has gone on. Uh, with the bigger teams in the conference and Virginia Tech from a physical standpoint isn't that much bigger if at all than uh, Boston College so we might be looking at the underdog there again depending on the line uh, first real marquee and this is you know I've already mentioned LSU Auburn and Kansas being involved but the first really interesting game of the day is or I should say the most interesting game is Michigan State at Michigan I have Michigan State as one-and-a-half-point favorites here. They're coming off a loss. Michigan's coming off a home loss. Uh, Michigan hasn't won a home game in almost a month, so I can't see them being favored here. Their home lines have slowly drifted from the mid, you know, single digits, six, five, and that's, you know, have went down to two-and-a-half against Ohio State there. And as they keep losing these games, uh, I think something's got to give here, and I think Michigan State is just a better team. And these rivalries, people want to give more credit to the home team than I think is generally deserved. These teams that are on the road um, almost take the energy from the home crowd and use it more than they do in sort of non-rivalry type games. So I'm not afraid in this instance if, say, Michigan happens to be a one-point favorite I'm happy to take Michigan State here as I just think they're the better team and can handle uh, being in Ann Arbor. Stony Brook, <laughs> and on the, on the complete flip side of things, Stony Brook and New Haven, New Hampshire, I should say. Uh, Stony Brook and New Hampshire. Stony Brook I have is a four and a half point favorite here, uh, much better team than uh, uh, New Hampshire. And uh, we'll see where that line goes um, these smaller conferences are always a little bit more dicey uh, along those lines. VMI at Citadel. Citadel I have as two and a half point favorites here just based on their ability to sort of hang around with some of the better teams in the conference and being at home will give them the slight nod over VMI. Uh, Kentucky at Tennessee. 
I've got Kentucky as, as a six and a half point road favorite. This one is a spot where, if again, if it's any higher, I would be fine with backing Tennessee. Uh, don't necessarily love Kentucky on the road here after that win against Mississippi State. Laying points, I should say. Uh, we'll see how many they're going to actually have to give up if this thing ends up being closer to two or three where, um, you know, where Kentucky was sort of giving, I think it was two against Georgia, three against South Carolina. I may have my numbers mixed up there. But if you rank Georgia, South Carolina, and Tennessee all in sort of that same uh, neighborhood, uh, I could see the number being closer to that. But I think Kentucky has improved over the course of the season to a point where uh, they will get enough money uh, from the market to have this be closer to six. Uh, so at six and a half, uh, I'd, be, I'd be leaning to Tennessee just based on the spot here. Uh, we talked about how Tennessee is an improved team uh, earlier in, earlier this week, and uh, they may have just enough uh, athleticism down low that they can at least match up with Kentucky's big men. Uh, and again, on the other side of the spectrum, Holy Cross at Boston University. I've got Boston University at 10.5 here. Uh, Holy Cross, not very good. Boston, at least decent relative to their conference. Uh, BU's offense has the ability to uh, spurt to the point where a 10.5 point spread uh, is, I think, more than, more than enough here. But we'll see where that number goes. Texas A&M at South Carolina. Texas A&M got us a big win this week at home against Missouri. Going on the road to South Carolina, I think, is a much bigger deal. South Carolina had the loss at Ole Miss. They're returning home. This seems like a spot where they should probably win by double digits. So if the number is five and a half, maybe even six, we will take South Carolina. It would take probably closer to seven or eight to get us even thinking about Texas A&M, so look out for that. Uh, and then finally in the 12 to 2 window, uh, we're back with uh, the Rio Grande Valley and Chicago State. This is a real absolute barn burner. Anybody going up against Chicago State is going to be giving somewhere in the double digits. In this case with Rio Grande Valley, I've got the number at 14 maybe the cover against New Mexico State bops this down a couple of points but if you're going to you know only give me say 10 against Chicago State with any five guys I'm probably going to take that team uh, so we'll see where the line goes there and uh, that's it for the 12 till two o'clock uh, start times or I should say before two o'clock start times when we come back we will do the 2 p.m. and onwards All right, now for the 2 o'clock start times, there's a big chunk of games here. Uh, let's start with North Texas at UAB. This one, I think, is pretty much a coin flip. We'll give UAB minus 1.5 here uh, just based on uh, just a little bit of a home court advantage. I think North, North Texas is probably a better team here. And if you're getting more than a bucket, North Texas is worth a play. If North Texas, Texas happens to be favored, I would be okay with taking the home dog uh, UAB here. Georgia Tech at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, a six and a half point favorite. That might be light, but I'm not quite ready to start trusting Pitt 
at uh, a, a, any significant number here. Uh, Georgia Tech has had guys in and out of the lineup all season. So if they're healthy, I think anything higher than six and a half is worth a shot uh, with Georgia Tech. Uh, I think there's a size advantage in the middle there with James Banks uh, patrolling the paint there for Georgia Tech. Uh, Florida and Mississippi. I made the number Florida, two and a half Florida, one of our favorite teams uh, to follow for the for good and bad, and in some cases, though it happens in the same game. Uh, massive comeback win for Florida from down 22 in the second half uh, earlier this week against Georgia. I think they go on the road against an Ole Miss team that we should have been betting on to beat South Carolina. And if this thing is anything higher than two and a half points, we will gladly take Mississippi uh, plus three, plus four, or something along those lines. Uh, and I'm going to need probably a couple of points if I'm willing to back Florida on the road. Uh, we're not necessarily fooled by them making that big comeback. We're hopeful, but we're not going to be fooled by it where we're going to start laying points with them on the road against essentially anybody in the SEC, especially now that we've seen that Vanderbilt can play a little bit. Uh, getting into some of the grimier games, no offense, uh, Lehigh and Lafayette. Lafayette, I have a five-point favorite. Furman, Western Carolina, I have Western Carolina's three-and-a-half-point favorite. Oral Roberts at North Dakota State, I have North Dakota State as a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. Tried to go a little high there. So if that is, in fact, the number, I'd be apt to go for Oral Roberts in that spot. Uh, Richmond and Fordham. I have Richmond probably a little high at nine points. Uh, West Virginia at Oklahoma is an interesting game. As you know, uh, we are interested to see Oklahoma get a couple of big wins here down the stretch and get themselves firmly into the tournament and maybe even into an 8-9 game situation. I've got West Virginia as two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road here. I have a feeling that will be higher, and I have a feeling I will be on Oklahoma at plus three or better and hoping that they can get the outright win for their resume. St. Louis and Dayton, the Dayton Flyers, always exciting to watch them play. They went to overtime earlier this season on the road against St. Louis and frankly probably should have lost if St. Louis can make a free throw. St. Louis cannot make free throws, but in a game that's lined as them being 10 or more point underdogs, uh, the free throw shooting late uh, shouldn't be an issue, at least not one that we should be rely on, relying on with regards to our handicap. So anything double digits or better, we're going to be on the underdog St. Louis Billikens here. Uh, Navy and Colgate. I have Colgate, seven and a half point favorites there. Uh, Purdue and Indiana. Indiana, I have three and a half point favorites here. I'll be leaning towards Indiana, so I potentially made that a little high. That being said, if it ends up being four or five, we might see if Purdue can stay hot after absolutely uh, bludgeoning Wisconsin at home earlier this week where we were on them as three-point favorites. Uh, UTA, Texas Arlington at Coastal Carolina. Uh, I've got Arlington as two-and-a-half-point road favorites here. Uh, Maine at Binghamton. Binghamton I have as slight two-and-a-half-point favorites here. They've shown 
an ability to just be scrappy enough that they can be a favorite in this spot against a main team that is uh, probably right around the skill and talent level of Binghamton. Uh, Army and American. I have American at six and a half point favorites here. That might be a little high. Again, this is another conference that is pretty bunched up, um, but we'll see where the number lands there. Uh, James Madison disappointed us earlier this week. Or was that even just last night? Sometimes these things all sort of blend together. James Madison at Delaware. Delaware won for us. So we're going to give Delaware the nod there as six-point favorites. Towson at Drexel. Drexel, I've made two-point favorites here. I'm not a big Drexel fan by any stretch of the imagination, and I think Towson uh, has the ability to get a road win here. We'll see where that number ends up. Uh, Another really, really nice game on Saturday. Seton Hall at Villanova. The two best teams, in my opinion, in the Big East. In this spot, I've got Nova as five-point favorites. Uh, this is a real swing line here, especially with that key number of five that we talk about. Uh, any higher, I'd be on Seton Hall. Any lower, I'd have to go with uh, Villanova. Um, and I would say that I'm hoping for a little bit of a lower number because I'd rather be on Villanova at say minus four and a half than Seton Hall at say plus six. Um, then we've got Robert Morris and Sacred Heart. I made Sacred Heart a four and a half point favorite. That could be a little light, but we'll see. Georgia State at Louisiana Monroe. Uh, Monroe was, uh, like I said la yesterday, uh, Georgia Southern at Louisiana Monroe. Maybe I wasn't giving Georgia Southern enough credit. I, in fact, was giving them enough credit as uh, Louisiana Monroe managed to cover against Georgia Southern when I had Georgia Southern as two points lower than the closing number of six and a half there. In this case, I think Georgia State is that much better than Georgia Southern, so nine and a half, we will see if Georgia State can win this game by double digits. Uh, Winthrop is back, and again, I think I have Winthrop slightly lower than the market, or in the case of last night significantly lower than the market so my number of Winthrop minus five and a half at Longwood we'll see where how far I'm off on in that one I expect that one to be probably a little bit short which means we'll probably end up on Longwood come Saturday South Dakota North Dakota the battle of the Dakotas missed out an opportunity to get Dakota as a home dog uh, had them as a short favorite uh, last night and when the number came out as them as underdogs and even moved towards me, that was one that I got scared away on. And so we left some money on the table there. In this case, I'm going back with North Dakota, minus three and a half with South Dakota coming into town. Again, we'll see where that number goes. Uh, that'll be an interesting for one for me personally, especially after uh, last night's situation. Arkansas State at Louisiana, sorry, at Little Rock, Alabama Little Rock. Uh, I made Little Rock a one-point favorite here. I think this is pretty much a coin toss game. Little Rock's had more success, oddly enough, on the road this season. Uh, and I think either team can win that game. So if we're getting points of any significance on either side, we'll probably end up taking those. Uh, St. Bonaventure at Duquesne. Duquesne, a uh, bit of a paper tiger throughout this season. Uh, the non-conference part of the season when they weren't playing anyone and have been a little bit up and down in conference play here, but I'm going to make them seven and a half point favorites against St. Bonaventure 
and we'll see if the Bonnies can do anything. That it's probably a little light, to be honest with you, but I'm just not willing to give Duquesne any more than 7.508 points. Uh, Miami of Ohio at Ohio. Uh, I've got Miami of Ohio as a relatively underrated team in this conference. I'm making them 2.5-point favorites, and we'll see what the market says on that. And then finally, for this 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock window, Arkansas at Missouri. And dear God, I think we're going to have to bet on Missouri. Arkansas so banged up. Uh, absolutely crushing loss on, in overtime to Auburn earlier this week that we more than documented in Don't Look Back in Anger. Uh, I made this number Missouri, well, I made this Missouri, this game a pick em, um with the idea that I think Missouri is probably going to win this game. We'll see where this number goes. Part of me hopes that Missouri's favored so I can n ignore this game entirely. But I have a feeling Arkansas might be a one or two point favorite here. And we're going to have to pull the trigger with arguably, well, I shouldn't say, I was going to say the worst team in the SEC. Uh, and with Vanderbilt's recent win, that might actually be a true statement. All right. So next up, we're going to get through the 4 p.m. games. Hope everybody's writing these down and ready to compare and contrast with the numbers that come out later tonight. All right, let's kick it off here. The 4 o'clock start time. Seattle at Utah Valley. Utah Valley, I've got a six-point favorites here, though I think I would lean to Seattle in this spot. Uh, Drake at Northern Iowa. Two of the better teams in the Missouri Valley, but I think Northern Iowa is that much better. I've got them as 7.5-point home favorites here and would be happy to lay anything shorter than that. Uh, St. Francis, PA, the good St. Francis, the one that won outright for us yesterday. They're on the road to a not-so-great Wagner team. Let's make them 7.5-point road favorites at Wagner. Ball State at Western Michigan, I think, is a pretty evenly matched game. We'll give Western Michigan a slight nod with uh, minus 4 at home. UMBC at Mallow, UMass Lowell. Uh, UMass Lowell, I've got as one-point favorites. This is basically a toss-up game. Texas Tech at Texas. Another opportunity for Shaka, Shaka Smart to blow his team's chances at making the tournament. And I think Texas Tech probably takes the win here. We will make them a two-and-a-half-point favorite, though. You never know with Texas. Minnesota at Penn State in one of the more interesting games, especially coming off of both their last results. Minnesota with the big home win that, as far as I'm concerned, saved their season to a degree. Penn State made it known that they're here for the staying against Michigan State at East Lansing. I've got Penn State as a six-point favorite. This might be a little light, but this is a tricky spot for both teams coming off big wins. Howard at Florida A&M. That's right. We know you're here for the Howard Florida A&M takes. Florida A&M, I've got as six and a half point favorites against Howard. Portland State at Southern Utah is actually an interesting game if you are only me. Southern Utah failed to get it done for us yesterday. And we'll still have them as four and a half point favorites here. Anything higher than that, I think, is worth a play on Portland State. Jacksonville. Uh got us thanks to the dunk the missed dunk i should say uh by the hook basically yesterday 
as we needed them to lose by 10 and they lost by nine. Uh, Jacksonville is going to NJIT. I imagine NJIT should be a short medium favorite here. Let's call NJIT a three and a half point favorite. Florida International at Florida Atlantic. Does this sound familiar? Yes, it does. They played earlier this week and the home road roles were reversed. Florida International was a three and a half point favorite. We took Florida Atlantic. We did not get to the window on that one. I imagine the point spread should be about the same with the change in venue. I've got Florida Atlantic minus three here, and we may have to think twice about taking Florida Atlantic, though I will probably be on them again. Central Connecticut State, Danielle Marshall in and just about the worst team uh, in, in the NCAA. I know say that by about five to ten different teams because they are all terrible. Bryant, a uh, 14.5 point favorite there. Uh, Bryant got the cover uh, last night. McNeese, I've got his four and a half point favorites against Central Arkansas. I think these teams are pretty much similar. I'll give McNeese the benefit of the doubt here and home court advantage. Four and a half points. Elon at the College of Charleston. College of Charleston has to be double digit favorites here. Let's make College of Charleston 11 point favorites. And here's some of the real dregs of the NCAA. Maryland, Eastern Shore, and Morgan. Let's give Morgan the favoritism because somebody has to be Morgan minus three here. Uh, interesting game, Virginia at Louisville. We will see if Louisville can win by double digits, or at least I anticipate the uh, market dictating that louisville i've got as minus nine and a half but i would lean to virginia just based on the style of play 10 points is a lot to stretch away from virginia and we saw that louisville couldn't stretch away from wake forest and in fact was given all they could handle by wake forest at least for a half or so uh on wednesday night utsa at charlotte i've got utsa as a slightly better team but charlotte is at home charlotte three and a half point favorites there north carolina central at coppin flip a coin on this one let's make coppin one point favorites northeastern at hofstra when you throw any of these colonial athletic schools that are in the top at higher echelon uh, that's northeastern that's hofstra that's william and mary that's college of charleston anytime they're facing up against each other home team is going to be favored by somewhere between three and a half to five points. Let's make Hofstra five point favorites here. Texas State, the class of the Sun Belt is going to App State. App State could be looking at a big win here. Let's make Texas State one point favorites. And if we can get some points with App State, we might be on them. South Florida at Memphis. I'm refusing to give more than eight points with Memphis going forward, even though they were able to come through for us earlier this week against a South Florida team that I think is a little bit better uh, than what Memphis had to deal with earlier this week. We're going to make Memphis six and a half point favorites. Anything higher than that is certainly a stay away from Memphis. And then we start looking at South Florida. NCA&T against Bethune-Cookman. NCA&T, uh, I've got as two and a half point road favorites here. Sam Houston State at Nichols. I think this is a spot where Nichols could get a big win at home. I've made them two and a half point favorites. I doubt they end up being two and a half point favorites, um, but we will see where the market goes there as I lean Nichols. Mount St. Mary's is just awful. And that's why the quote unquote bad St. Francis is a nine and a half point favorite in my opinion. St. Francis of Brooklyn, 
uh, of course, did not cover yet again yesterday, uh, asserting themselves as the quote-unquote worst St. Francis between the two. Uh, Green Bay, UIC. I've got this as pretty much a coin flip game. Let's give UIC a one-point nod there at home. Moorhead at Eastern Illinois. We talked about Eastern Illinois. Shouldn't be favored by 7.5 points against anybody. And then, sure enough, they went and lost outright to Eastern Kentucky. We were on Eastern Kentucky plus the points there. Uh, let's knock Eastern Illinois to a about 5-point favorite against Moorhead after Moorhead won one last night in just one of the more sloppy games you'll ever see in your life. Uh, ETSU, our guys. Uh, I've got them as seven and a half point favorites on the road against Mercer. I can assume that that's probably a little light, but that's as high as we're willing to go uh, on the road uh, with ETSU. Gardner Webb on the road against South Carolina Upstate. I think South Carolina Upstate is live here, but I think Gardner Webb will be similar to where they were last night. At two point favorites, let's call it one and a half for Gardner Webb. Uh, Liberty, again, talked about it earlier, missed the dunk at the bell, and they are going on the road. Let's make them 10 point favorites again, this time to North Alabama. Toledo on the road to Bowling Green. We had to knock Bowling Green down a little bit in our ratings, in our valuation, because of the loss to Central Michigan that disappointed us earlier this week. Let's make them two and a half point favorites and lean to them to get bounce back with a big home win against Toledo. Eastern Kentucky, after the road win against Eastern Illinois, we're going to make them a couple point favorites against South Southern Illinois University at Edwardsville. Presbyterian and Campbell. Campbell covered against Winthrop. We're able to hang in that game. Let's make them favorites on the road, or excuse me, at home to Presbyterian. Campbell should be about four-point favorites here. We'll see where that, that number, uh, if we're close on that number. Lipscomb, minus eight, I've got at Kennesaw. This might be a little low, just because you kind of can't make numbers high enough when you're facing Kennesaw. This team is horrendous. Uh, Lipscomb, though, we thought we might have a different take on them than the market does, so we're going to guess that this number is a little shy of where I think we bet it. Uh, this might be one spot where if this was a little bit higher, we still might take Lipscomb because it's going to take a really, really high number for us to lean Kennesaw. Uh, Merrimack, nine straight wins. I think that's fifth or sixth best for current winning streak in the NCAA. They're going on the road uh, on Saturday against Long Island. We're going to make Long Island one-point favorites and see if Merrimack can keep that streak going. St. Joe's at LaSalle. St. Joe's, you can't, you can't catch up to how bad this team is. Uh, I'm going to make LaSalle six-point favorites, and that still might be short. Uh, again, this is, this is less to do with LaSalle and more to do with how bad St. Joe's is. Uh, an interesting game on the secondary slate here. Bucknell at Loyola, Maryland. We've talked about how we think Loyola, Maryland is on the come up. And I think Bucknell is a little overrated based on past year's results. I've got Loyola, Maryland as minus one and a half point favorites here. I actually expect Bucknell to probably open as favorites and we'll be able to get a point or two here with Loyola, Maryland. Jacksonville State and Tennessee Martin. Jacksonville State continues to prove to us that they are not worth our money. That said, I'm still going to make them two and a half point favorites on the road to Tennessee Martin. Uh, I may be off here and maybe I'm the last one to adjust to how bad Jacksonville State is relative to uh, where they've been in past years and of course preseason projections. 
And Tennessee Tech on the road to a very bad southeastern Missouri team. Uh, I've made Tennessee Tech a four-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, as I've mentioned before, Tennessee Tech, Tennessee State, and Tennessee Martin, I'm pretty sure I don't know what the difference is between those three teams. I'm not sure they know what the difference is between those three teams. That said, I know Southeast Missouri is bad enough that Tennessee Tech should be favored in this game. Alabama State and Mississippi Valley State. Again, this is purely a Mississippi Valley State fade in this number. Alabama State, I've got as eight and a half point favorites. And when you're making Alabama State eight and a half point favorites, the other team must be really, really bad. Uh, we'll see where that line ends up. And up next, Montana State and Eastern Washington. Uh, I've never really been buying into this Montana State team uh, throughout the season. And I think a road trip to Eastern Washington is probably trouble for them. Eastern Washington, I've got at six point favorites and would probably take that number quite willingly. <clears throat> Up next, Southeastern Louisiana, our Lions at Incarnate Word. I'm going to make Incarnate Word seven-point favorites. That might be a little high, but after a good showing earlier this week, we will, as significant underdogs, by the way, we will take them uh, at a higher number than maybe the market uh, indicates. Uh, Nebraska, Omaha, and South Dakota State. South Dakota State as nine and a half point favorites in my view. This is basically a scenario where you go, all right, can they win by double digits against a decent Nebraska, Omaha team? Uh, my guess is probably not, but I don't know if the market has caught up necessarily on uh, how decent Nebraska, Omaha is. Uh, New Orleans at Stephen F. Austin. Stephen F. Austin has to be a double digit uh, favorite here. Uh, let's make it 11 and see how far we're off on that. Hampton at Charleston Southern. Hampton was favored over our guys from High Point. Uh, we were way off on that line, and our line was better than the market's line was, uh, but we weren't able to take advantage of that. In this case, let's make Hampton a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, I think the High Point uh, where we were off with High Point was more to do with High Point than it was necessarily with Hampton, and I think they should be favored here at Charleston Southern. And then finally in this section, Fort Wayne, not Fort Worth. I'm not going to do it. I'm not calling them Fort Worth. Fort Wayne at a uh, pretty bad Denver team. Let's make Fort Wayne sizable enough favorites on the road at 3.5 or 4 uh, against Denver. And with that, we will move on to the next scheduling group. All right, the 6 p.m. start time window, and has which has one game that you may or may not have heard of. It's a little thing called Duke, North Carolina, and we're going to start here because let's be honest, you could this might be the most interesting spread all year. Uh, we've got Duke, North Carolina. You've got everybody just absolutely trashing on North Carolina, and rightly so. They look a mess. Uh, we were able to cash them as arguably our best bet of the week on Monday uh, on the road against Florida State. Um, but what would you make this number, right? You've got a Duke team that is in theory much, much better, but they're going on the road. It's the quote-unquote rivalry game. We talked about in Michigan, Michigan State, where we are less afraid to go against the road team or you know if we think that they're the better team and in this case i think we do think duke is the better team than north carolina but how high can you make this number in a you know 
rivalry spot where this these games that North Carolina plays against Duke might be essentially their Super Bowl. And not just emotionally, but the fact that is that the only way that North Carolina makes it into the tournament and goes on some crazy run is they need to win these games against Duke, right? Whether it's to whether it's Saturday, whether it's, you know, at Cameron later on in the season, or whether it's in the ACC tournament, because frankly, it might come down and probably will come down for North Carolina on whether they can win the ACC tournament outright. So I think on paper, I think Duke is like an eight, eight and a half point favorite against North Carolina. You certainly can't go any higher than that, because if you're asking Duke to win in that environment by double digits, I think you're asking too much of them. That said, anything less than that, are you really that excited to take North Carolina? And whether that's the true number or not, the public, and this is easily the most public game every year with regards to betting on college basketball, especially particularly in the regular season. If this number six and a half, it's hard to imagine anybody taking North Carolina. So while I think it's possible North Carolina wins, a, wins this game outright, and certainly both teams have won on the road as underdogs against each other you know, in recent memory, and so on and so forth. So I've got it at 8.5, but do I think it's necessarily going to be 8.5? Not necessarily. That's just kind of where, from a psychological standpoint, that's where I would put it, where it would leave me in the biggest conundrum in not willing to make Duke win by nine or more points here, but also a spot where I'm not all that comfortable only giving eight and a half or only getting eight and a half, I should say, with North Carolina. So by far the most fascinating, and we'll see where that opens up and we'll see where the market takes us. But I imagine the market will go towards Duke almost no matter where it opens up, right? And I think I would make it probably something along the lines of seven and a half or eight if I was a bookmaker knowing that it was going to go up. So if I had to guess, I would imagine I'm probably going to end up on the North Carolina side of things, but I could be surprised, and maybe the number is five, and we have no choice but to take Duke in that situation. So we'll see where that opens up. That's a 6 p.m. start. That's the, the crown jewel of an, of an otherwise really, really good day. Uh, so we'll move on to some of the other games at 6 o'clock. Uh, Rice is at Middle Tennessee State. I've got Rice as short favorites there. Uh, nice cover um, from Middle Tennessee for us uh, yesterday. We thought that that was getting away from us a little bit towards the uh, the middle of the second uh, half, and they uh, they got it under the number nicely for us here. Uh, I don't know that necessarily means they should be favored uh, going forward, so we expect Rice to be short favorites at Middle Tennessee. Wyoming at New Mexico, two absolute train wrecks. Wyoming expected to be a train wreck, New Mexico has gone off of the rails throughout the season uh, if, if you're not up to up to the latest on New Mexico we have guys quitting the team we have guys who have uh, been injured and throwing parties while their team is on the road for games it's just an absolute mess that being said at the pit in New Mexico you have to make New Mexico a favorite here against a really bad Wyoming team I've got it down to five and a half Really, that's just a safety place for me where I know I'm not going to be on either side because if it's any higher than that, I still probably won't be able to take New Mexico. And if it's any, I should say if it's any higher than that, I won't be able to take Wyoming. And if it's any lower than that, 
I mean, I guess I would take New Mexico in that situation, but I can't imagine it is any lower than that because you can't, you can't give Wyoming any credit whatsoever. Uh, moving on, Ivy League action, Penn at Cornell. I've got Penn as eight-point favorites here. Uh, I've generally steered clear from the Ivy League. The only team I'm interested in, we'll get to them in a little bit, at any point throughout this season will be Dartmouth in a underdog spot or against sort of the second team Ivy League, uh, Ivy League teams, second tier Ivy League teams. Uh, Austin P at Belmont. Austin P might be the new Jacksonville State in that that might be the third best team in the Ohio Valley Conference. I've got Belmont as eight and a half point favorites here. Be interested to see where that line pops and, uh, and where it goes to. Uh, some interest there in Austin P after Belmont got the big win and the cover as we expected against Murray State. Alabama at Georgia. I can't imagine this being anything other than around four to five points. Let's call it Georgia minus four and a half points here. Uh, Georgia with an epic disaster in the second half against Florida blowing the 22 point lead uh, and Alabama losing two straight home games to middling SEC squads in Arkansas and Tennessee. So a bit of a grimy situation for both teams. In those spots, I would lean to the home team. So we, maybe we're looking at Georgia in that game at four and a half or better. Stanford at Colorado. We got the cover with Cal at Colorado. That 17-point spread was, as expected, just way too high. Uh, I've made the number 11. That's based on the fact that the number was 17 for Cal. I think Colorado probably has to open a little bit shorter than this. Uh, if they don't, I'll certainly be on Stanford at plus double digits. Cleveland State at Youngstown State. Let's call Youngstown three-point favorites here against relatively evenly matched lower-level uh, Horizon League teams. Nebraska and Iowa at this point. You can't make a number high, high enough against Nebraska. Let's call Iowa 13-point favorites. Uh, I expect them to probably blow Nebraska out here. So 13, uh, I would probably give to Nebraska. Oklahoma State and Baylor. Of course, when you hear Baylor and Oklahoma State, potentially you may think of about a month ago where Oklahoma State as, I think it was 7.5-point, 6.5-point underdogs at home to Baylor. Uh, was right in that game and just an absolute collapse in the last 30 seconds allowing Oklahoma, uh, Baylor to cover that game. Uh, I've got the number at Baylor 15. I don't again, we've talked earlier this week. you cannot make spreads high enough for Baylor and ha not have them cover. So I think this is a spot where sports books go, you know what? We're making this thing way high and if you want Baylor, you're gonna have to pay for it. In this case, I think it's going to be upwards of 15. We'll take Oklahoma State uh, at anything, let's say, 12 and a half or higher. Uh, and uh, again, dare Baylor to come out and have another, another great game against a team that was able to play with them uh, just a few weeks ago. St. John's on the road to Creighton. This looks like an ugly spot for St. John's. Creighton, I've got as 10-point favorites, and if it's anything lower than that, I will hammer Creighton and that offense against a St. John's team that does not play much defense at the best of times, let alone on the road. Harvard at Brown. Harvard as 6.5-point favorites as I have. They're still without their top player, Aiken. I don't think that matters against Brown necessarily. Probably matters tonight against Yale. 
ECU at Tulane. Tulane got in under the wire for us last night. That looked dicey as they went down, I believe it was 18, uh, as high as 18 in the second half. Uh, a late surge from Tulane got them under the plus 16 and a half at Houston. Tulane should be about to pick them against ECU, and we will hope uh, that's the case as Tulane at anything better than minus one would be great though I kind of have a feeling this might be two and a half or three. Southern at Grambling. I've got Southern as four and a half points uh, favorites. I also have the Grambling band at two and a half point favorites. Uh, if they do a battle of the bands, I would think that might just be a football thing, though. Texas uh, Texas Southern at uh, Prairie View A&M. Let's make Texas Southern 10-point favorites here. That might be a little bit higher, but I'm loath to go that much higher with a road team. That said, Texas Southern is a much better program than Prairie View A&M. Delaware State, speaking of terrible programs, on the road at Norfolk State. Let's make Norfolk State 14-point favorites. That's about as high as I can go with the Norfolk State side. Al Alcorn State at Jack... We're really getting into the good stuff here. Alcorn State at Jackson State. This is a coin flip, in my opinion. Jackson State... Uh, will make one-point favorites. Eastern Michigan at Akron. Akron may be the class of the MAC, and EMU is not. Akron trucked EMU uh, earlier this season by 20-plus points, I believe. So we got to make this one high. Akron is going to be 16-point favorites, give or take a few points there. I don't think you can go up into, like, the 20s here. EMU is not that bad but you definitely have to shade it towards Akron, especially after that earlier season result. Vermont at Hartford. Vermont on the road. Again, loathe to go higher than double digits uh, with any team on the road, but we're going to go Vermont minus 11 here. Oakland at Wright State. Oakland, I think, is pretty similar to Detroit, and I would expect Wright State to win this by double digits, so I've got them at minus 10 here. Princeton at Columbia. Princeton on the road, I've got as four and a half point favorites. Dartmouth, as mentioned earlier, against Yale. I've made this number eight and a half. If it's any higher than that, we will take Dartmouth. I think they've had some bad shooting luck to start their, uh, their league season. And they've started their league season against the best teams in the conference. So their record doesn't do them uh, justice to where I think their skill level actually is. Radford at uh, high point our boys over at high point i'm gonna make i'm always gonna go higher on high point than i am anybody else i've got high point minus one we'll see what the number actually ends up being there utep at old dominion i think a standard five and a half for old dominion here as the slightly better team uh, at home is probably good enough uh, louisiana tech at marshall two of the top teams in conference usa let's make marshall two and a half point favorites though i do like that louisiana tech team Detroit at Northern Kentucky. Northern Kentucky failed us last night, and we're going to go potentially back to the well with them. Again, it depends on what the number actually ends up being, but if it's better than, say, 13, we might be looking at North Kentucky, Northern, Northern Kentucky, I should say. Uh, I've got them at 13. If it's anywhere below that, we're good to go. North Florida at Florida Gulf Coast. Florida Gulf Coast, I've got at about a pick em. These two teams, I think you can kind of coin toss it, especially with the home 
team being Florida Gulf Coast. San Jose State at Nevada. There was a moment there where I thought San Jose State was going to be competitive this season. That moment is long gone. Nevada has to be double-digit favorites here. Let's make them 11-point favorites against San Jose State. Chattanooga, the scrappy mocks from Chattanooga. Uh, on the road to Wofford. I think Wofford is slightly overrated. I think Chattanooga is slightly underrated. I think this should be about three and a half points for Wofford, and I expect it to be higher and probably ending up on Chattanooga. William and Mary at UNC Wilmington. Wilmington not on the upper echelon of the uh, Colonial League teams. William and Mary, I think, should be about four and a half point favorites here. And then finally for this section of the schedule, Southern Miss, they're awful against this Western Kentucky team that I just can't figure out. Western Kentucky should be 9.5 point favorites. That's because just about everybody should be around double-digit favorites against Southern Miss on when they're on the road. And with that, we will be back with the nighttime action for Saturday. All right, let's move on to the Knights action. And it starts off with the last undefeated team left in college basketball, the San Diego State Aztecs. And they are on the road against Air Force. Now, I have a feeling I'm going to be low on this number. I have San Diego State minus 10. Why? Because I'm loath to give more than 10 on the road. Uh, Let's just say if this is much higher, I may be forced to take Air Force. Otherwise, we're going to just sort of sit back, relax, and let San Diego State beat up on Air Force and enjoy it. Next up, we've got Lamar at Abilene Christian. I've made Lamar, I'm sorry, I've made Abilene Christian two-point favorites. Northwestern State at Houston Baptist. We talked about how bad the Houston Baptist defense is. They seem to have decided to play at least a little bit earlier this week. Uh, that said, if they're continuing to do so, we know that they can score at the pace that they play. Houston Baptist, let's make them a three-point favorite against Northwestern State. Indiana State at Illinois State. Indiana State, I'm going to make three-and-a-half-point road favorites. I do not trust this Illinois State team whatsoever. And after a big win from Indiana State, I imagine that they will be favored at least by three and a half on the road. New Mexico State, again, disappointed that they took the foot off the gas at Chicago State. They continue on the road to UMKC. Uh, I've got them as nine and a half point road favorites. Kansas State at Iowa State, two of the most underachieving teams in the Big 12. Let's make Iowa State three-point favorites. This is no different than, say, TCU-Oklahoma State the other night, where I don't think you can make this anything other than three. If it's anything considerable off of that number, we will be taking the value in that game. Georgia Southern at Louisiana Lafayette. And I've got Lafayette as two-and-a-half-point favorites here. I expect Lafayette to win uh, and maybe comfortably. Missouri State on the road to Southern Illinois. We're going to make Missouri State one and a half point favorites here. Uh, from a talent standpoint, they probably should be a little bit more than that, so I wouldn't be surprised if they are. Cal at Utah. Cal coming off of a nice, comfortable cover 
at Colorado, but now have to go to Utah. We hadn't talked about Utah last night, by the way. We were 13-12 and 12 with Utah minus one left in the card, and they down one, get the foul, and go to the line, missed the first free throw, which actually worked out better for us because the second free throw was made to force overtime where Utah cruised to a comfortable, if you can call it that, victory in overtime over Stanford. Will that affect the line here or how they play on Saturday against Cal? Who's to say? But I don't think this number can be any higher than 6.5 for Utah. Fresno at UNLV. Fresno, a team that you can at least look at when they're at home, but on the road against UNLV, which who I think is, let's call them the fourth best team in the Mountain West. Uh, I think UNLV should be eight-point favorites against Fresno. Wake Forest hits the road against Syracuse. Syracuse, by far my least favorite team in college basketball, but I've got them as eight and a half point favorites, any higher than that, and I will happily jump on a Wake Forest team that I think could show some promise down the stretch here, at least relative to the spread when getting a fair amount of points. Providence, big win the other night, and they're on the road to Xavier. There's a decent chance Xavier has turned it around entirely and if we're going to get the preseason expectations version of Xavier then seven should be the number here and anything shorter than that we will be on Xavier. Murray State after the loss at Belmont is going to Tennessee State. I expect to see some of the best of them this weekend. I've got Murray at four and a half point favorites at Tennessee State. Vanderbilt, after the big win at home against Louisiana State, is on the road, and it's against one of our favorite teams, Mississippi State. So I've put Mississippi State as 10-point favorites here, and I think that's probably a little high for where the number may end up being, but I think Mississippi State should be full value off of a loss at Kentucky and quite likely wins this by double digits uh, comfortably. Uh, Alabama A&M against Arkansas Pine Bluff, the marquee matchup of the day. Just kidding. Uh, let's call Alabama A&M three-and-a-half-point favorites here, but confidence is low when it comes to those two teams and trying to figure out what you're going to get on any given day. San Francisco at BYU. I've got BYU minus 10 here, especially after the loss by San Francisco last night. Uh, BYU should be really starting to come around here. And while that number might be a little high, I think it ends up being fair. Uh, Northern Arizona at Weber State. We got a win with Weber last night. Uh, I've got them minus six against Northern Arizona. That might end up being a little light if the market uh, has caught on to an improved Weber team. Uh, Cal State University of Sacramento. Sacramento State, if you will, uh, at Idaho State. Let's make CSUS a minus five and a half point favorite on the road there. Montana should be about a five point favorite at Idaho. Uh, disappointed in our Vandals from Idaho in their effort in the second half last night, but back at home uh, against a team coming off of a big win in Montana. Uh, I think the number should be in the mid single digits. And let's just plow through the 10 o'clock games for the night owls out there 
Portland at USD. This is the only time I think USD should be favored. It's against Portland. Let's make USD seven-point favorites because I think this they know this is their opportunity to get a win and a comfortable win at that. So that's probably a little higher than maybe the market says it is, but we'll see. You can't underestimate how bad Portland is. Pepperdine at Pacific. Pacific coming off of a big win, as is Pepperdine. Uh, change of venue for Pepperdine going to Pacific here. Pacific minus 6.5 is my number here, uh, and I think that's probably pretty fair. Gonzaga at St. Mary's. Yeah, another really, really nice game on the schedule here. This one, you could kind of tell me anything here. You could tell me Gonzaga by double digits just to try to get as much St. Mary's money as they possibly can. I think a number around seven is a little more fair. Uh, metrically, it could even be lower than that, but I don't know how you make Gonzaga only a four or five-ish point favorite here. So let's make the number seven and see where it goes from there. USC at Arizona State. USC got in under the number thanks to some nice work. I had them uh, on the main TV against Arizona with Tulane on the secondary TV at Houston. And at both points, those numbers, uh, those games were right on the number in the second half for an extended period of time. Almost made me want to take a picture of it just to be like, how tight are these lines? And in both cases, we got under the number uh, thanks to USC. Uh, basically... I mean, they almost choked it up, giving they, they all they did was foul Arizona down the stretch. Arizona never really had to make any buckets, uh, which is exactly the opposite of what you would hope for from a defense. Uh, Arizona State had a comfortable win against UCLA. That actually feels like a deterrent to betting them on Saturday, but I've got ASU minus three and a half at home to USC. Hawaii, I've got as one-point favorites against Cal Poly on the little-known can't-make-Cal-Poly-a-favorite-under-any-circumstance rule, even if they did win last time they opened as a favorite. UCLA and Arizona, I'm only going to move Arizona up one point from where they were against USC here. Uh, I think you can throw UCLA and USC and probably Arizona State all in a hat, and depending on the day, you know, you're going to get a wide array of results from those teams. So let's not go too crazy changing the line here from UC USC to UCLA and make Arizona 11-point favorites against UCLA. Grand Canyon against Cal Baptist. I've got Cal Baptist as four-point favorites, and I feel like that might be a little bit light. Um, but Grand Canyon has been all over the map this season, so it's going to be hard to tell where that line should be. I'll be interested to see what it opens at and where it moves to. Uh, Irvine at UC Santa Barbara. I've got Irvine as one and a half point favorites here, and that just might be a little too much credit just based on Irvine's program over the last few years. Um, there's a possibility UCSB actually is the favorite there, uh, but we'll see. Boise at Utah State. Actually a sneaky good game. Uh, we're still... Not super sure about Utah State. They certainly had a big second half against UNLV the other night to jam us up. Uh, but this Boise team is the team that made the huge comeback uh, at home against Utah State earlier this season uh, that left Utah State reeling. I've got Utah State plus, sorry, excuse me, Utah State minus 10 points here. 
and we'll see if they uh, put the wood to Boise State and keep the pedal to the metal. UC Riverside at Cal State Northridge. I think from a talent standpoint, this Northridge, Northridge team can play with anyone. I think from a team standpoint, Riverside is better. Uh, but I think we'll make Northridge the home favorite here by a couple of points. Uh, UC Davis at Cal State Fullerton. Uh, Davis, I think, is probably the worst team in the conference, uh, though uh, Cal Poly might have something to say with that. Uh, we're going to make Cal State Fullerton eight-point favorites at home against Cal Davis. And then in the nightcap, Oregon. Oregon State. I've got Oregon as three-point road favorites against Oregon State. Uh, Oregon State capable of winning that game, but also capable of getting blown out. So that's it for the Saturday slate. When we come back, we're going to talk a little movies here, because why not? It's Oscar weekend. We'll be right back. Okay, the voice is starting to go here, so we're going to try to wrap this up as quickly as possible. First things first, guys, subscribe, rate, review, whether it's here on Anchor or wherever you're listening to this podcast really helps me out as uh, really more than anything, just motivation to keep going, keep doing these. And uh, let me know if you have any questions, uh, any tips moving forward. Again, this is just week one of uh, trying to do this podcast. Uh, it didn't help that I caught a cold halfway through and am practically delirious. Hopefully that hasn't made your listening experience even worse than it already is listening to somebody who is on their first week of podcasting. Secondly, uh, there's Sunday games, of course, but we're probably not going to do a podcast this weekend. You never know, we might pop one up. But I will put any of the plays for a abbreviated Sunday card out on Twitter. Again, that's at MRussAuthentic. And we'll also recap sort of what, we, what happened on Saturday uh, on Twitter there as well with regards to uh, what we bet and uh, what the record was. Uh, now... It's Friday of Oscar weekend, and so we've got a couple of things to talk about. Obviously, if you are into betting and you've made it this far in this podcast, you are probably at least somewhat interested in the markets around the Oscars. Now, if you go to any Oscar, or any sports betting website, in most cases, they will have a entertainment section for Oscar betting. And the line movement on some of these from where they opened is actually really interesting and can create value. And one of those such instances is with the best picture, where I bet 1917 a few weeks ago, not even that long ago, at plus 287. That has since moved to minus 300, just about across the board, give or take a few dollars here or there. Now the problem is, ever since I bet that, I've seen essentially the rest of the movies in Best Picture, though I'm still waiting on seeing Jojo Rabbit, and I don't know that I'm going to get to Little Women. But I did see Parasite, and that's by far my favorite movie of this bunch. And now Parasite is plus 211, obviously not the favorite since 1917 has been bet to favoritism. So here's my conundrum. Do I come over the top on Parasite and make them my bet for Best Picture on Sunday? Or 
do I just keep the value with 1917 and hope for the best? Now, I really enjoyed 1917. I thought 1917 was very good and incredible from a technical standpoint. Like, I'm not sure how they were, you know, the how with 1917 is, is the most impressive part. Whereas from a story and artistic standpoint, Parasite is, I think, by far the best movie of the year. Uh, I'm not a big, I was disappointed, I should say, in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm a huge Tarantino fan, and I was really excited about that movie, and it just, I kind of, it just kind of left me wanting a little bit more. Uh, as for the others, Ford vs. Ferrari was actually probably the most flat-out enjoyable movie start to finish, but I can see why that has no chance of necessarily winning Best Picture. But I think that's the, certainly the most, quote-unquote, rewatchable one uh, moving forward. So, yeah, so I'm left with this decision where I can either follow my own amateur uh, evaluation of these movies and kind of ballsily take Parasite, or I can just keep the value with 1917. So that's, that's my big issue going forward. The only other thing that I would contemplate a, a wager on, uh, as you can see if you've pulled up these odds, everything in the acting categories is it's basically fait accompli and i'm not going to quote unquote, ruin the show for you if you're not looking at these by telling you who the significant favorite is and when i'm talking significant favorite i'm talking about you're winning five percent off of whatever you bet on you know whoever you select here but the one long shot that i've put down money on is on Cynthia cynthia erivo and i'll be honest with you i haven't even seen her the movie that she was in however i have seen her in various other works and her skill her talent she can sing she's uh you know an athlete she, i basically said to myself uh, about a year ago this is a woman i need to be buying stock in obviously that's not a thing that you can do and this is the only opportunity i can buy stock in cynthia arrivo at I've got her at 20 to 1. It's actually dipped to 18 to 1. So at least maybe there's some movement there um, that's headed in the right direction. Also, it's an opportunity to bet against Renee Zellweger, who I think is one of the most annoying actresses in the history of time. And uh, as such, I would be delighted to see her not win. So a lot of that is just strictly on uh, following my heart and my evaluation of just Cynthia Revo as a talent. Um, beyond that, everything else looks like it's probably going to go as chalk. You could make the case that from a best director standpoint, Tarantino at 10 to 1 is some decent value, and Bong Joon-ho at plus 450 is decent value, as I don't think it's necessarily the runaway to Sam Mendes, uh, as, as you might think. Now, shifting gears, we've been, I've teased it earlier in the week, and we have to talk about Uncut Gems. And if you have seen Uncut Gems, uh, I'm sorry to hear that. And if you haven't seen Uncut Gems, this is exactly where you need to be right now. Do not see this movie. This movie is, I'm just, and it took me about 24 hours to realize it and say it out loud. This movie is the worst movie I've ever seen in my entire life. And here's why. First off, we're, the reason we're talking about it, obviously, is there is a significant gambling sports betting through line throughout the entire movie where adam sandler plays let's just be honest a total scumbag degenerate 
and I'm not going to ruin the plot to the movie, though I'd be saving you the time. The people who say that Adam, Sand Adam Sandler is was snubbed for a Oscar nomination are insane. I wonder if they've even seen this movie. And I'll be honest with you, the trailer for this movie is fantastic. I couldn't have been more excited about this movie when the trailer came out. It's unbelievable. The movie itself is awful. If you're still watching it five minutes in after listening to this review, then you're sick in the head, frankly, because Sandler is deplorable as a character and his acting is awful as well. Like, I'm, I'm great. He put some facial hair on and, you know, some glasses and, you know, some teeth or something. Like, awesome. Every time he yells at somebody, it sounds like Billy Madison is yelling at somebody. I don't know how they got Kevin Garnett dragged into all of this, but his character is flat out ridiculous. His character of being himself is flat out ridiculous. Uh, it's a complete waste of Lakeith Stanfield's time. Everybody in the movie is deplorable. You don't want, you're not cheering for anyone to do anything in this movie. Every element of the plot is confusing, let alone the fact that the entire plot is based on a bet that he is making on the Celtics. And it's this bet that, and this is not really a spoiler. I mean, again, if it is, I'm spoiling the fact that this movie's terrible. The, the bet is a parlay that includes winning the opening tip. Well, again, if you've made it this far in this podcast, you at least know that you can't bet on the opening tip of a game and even if you could you certainly can't parlay that with the amount of rebounds that Kevin Garnett gets and the money line on the Celtics on top of that I'm not sure there was any accuracy whatsoever to what the actual lines for the games that they're referring to and these are playoff games back in 2012 with between the Celtics and the Sixers and it feels like they did no research whatsoever on sports betting they did no research whatsoever on NBA lines or anything to do with that. Um, the way the picture, the, the picture sounds like such a douchebag thing to say, the way the movie is shot from a sound standpoint, from a visual standpoint, is amateurish and stupid. The sound makes you want to jump through a window because all it is is just neurotic background noise throughout much of the movie. Uh, like I said, Sandler is despicable as a character and as is his girlfriend, as is his wife. Uh, there's even a cameo by an R&B singer who makes me, even though it's a movie, think less of him as a human being. So all in all, the reason why we're talking about this is because it recently came out on Netflix. So now it is, has a wider opportunity for viewership. And if you're into sports betting, you're probably thinking that this is a movie that you need to see and that you'll like. Well, I'm here to tell you it's awful. And if you somehow like this movie, I don't know what to tell you. And I feel like I'm an easy judge of these sorts of things. Now, I'm not necessarily handing out A's and A pluses to every movie. In fact, I'm probably pretty strict when it comes to that sort of thing. But I'll hand out a B or a C to just about any movie, right? If it's any entertaining in any way, right? Whether it's a horror film, rom-com, you know, stupid slapstick comedy, um, you know, family film, anything like that, I will, just for showing up, I will give you a C 
right? Even if it is not quote unquote my type of movie. And then for the select few that I will consider sort of my top movies of all time, that's when I'll open up the gates and give an A or an A plus. I never give out a D or just a complete F. And in this situation, Uncut Gems is an F. Steer clear. Do not waste two hours of your life on this piece of crap. Anyway, that's it for me. Enjoy the show on Sunday night with your significant other. I know mine is going to be popping some champagne and making some popcorn. She, it's her Super Bowl. A week after my Super Bowl, it's her Super Bowl. So she's fired up. And hopefully we have some extra money in our pocket once we get to Sunday night. And Cynthia Erivo comes through with the best actress. And I guess 1917 holds on as the favorite. Though by Sunday, it might be all about Parasite. Anyway, have a great weekend, everybody. And we'll see you on Monday. Mm-hmm.